Awesome. Well, I'm going to jump straight in. So, Father, we just thank you for today. I would say grab a hand, but we're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Father, I just thank you for um, your presence. God, thank you that you have an answer for every problem on planet Earth. You bring the solution. You bring your kingdom where there's brokenness, where there's torment, where there's pain, that you are a comforter, you are a helper, you are a, a, a miracle worker. As we sang this morning, you're a way maker. And we just thank you for making a way for us to have life and have it to the full. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've got, interna- we've got interstate guests with us this morning, so that's pretty cool. Welcome, Amy, from South Australia, which is cool. So they just, just heard about this church and thought, I better come check it out. There might be other reasons why she's here, but welcome. Um, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts 1. We're going to look at three passages of Scripture uh, this morning and... Oh, part of me just wants to have a big hug tunnel and uh, just just do hug tunnels, but we're not allowed to do that yet. <laughs> Kim's like, no, don't, don't do that. No, we're not doing that. Don't worry. Um, oh, praise God. Acts 1. Uh, we've been talking about love and we've been talking about, you know, the power of love, what love looks like. And, you know, Heidi Baker coined a phrase, love looks like something. And, you know, love actually uh, can't just be something that we talk about without actually outworking a demonstration of. Otherwise, it's just good theology that puffs up rather than actually leading to, um, you know, something. And, and we're going to have people sharing over these next, this next month on uh, missions and, and different, different areas of uh, culture and society and what that looks like. And, but this morning, I, I want to talk about something that I feel like often we don't talk about too much. Uh, maybe here we do a little bit uh, more, but, uh, and I had this phrase, you know, there are lots of people who say we need to get back to the way of Acts. I hope they mean in the way they demonstrated the power and the presence of God, because sometimes I think we are more focused on formulas than presence programs than power and principles rather than the prince and you know people that say oh we need to get back to the ways of acts and i'm like well if we if we're saying that from a formulas point of view then i i think we're limiting uh of what god can possibly do but i want to propose to you that if we're, if we're saying, actually demonstrating and illustrating and modeling the power of God, then yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah? And, you know, the power of God is what got poured out on, on in Acts, in, in the day of Pentecost. And so let's, are you there? Who's there? Acts 1. Verse 8. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So what did we receive when we received the Holy Spirit? 
or in when Jesus says you will receive power, dunamis power. There's actually something in the power of God and the love of God that are linked. Whoop, my Bible's going all over the place. Um, and you know, a lot of people in the in the church, unfortunately, have misused the gifts of the Spirit. There's been uh, incorrect you know, use of them. There's been uh, worship and idolatry of the gifts. And, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't never prostitute the gifts of the Spirit, but we don't shut them down either. Right? You, you, just because someone's had a, uh, maybe, you know, had a, um, an affair doesn't mean we never get married. You know, like just because some people have had uh, experiences of bad marriages doesn't mean people don't ever get married again. And the same with the gifts of the Spirit is just because they've been misused, they've been abused, they've been, uh, you know, incorrectly taught, whatever, doesn't mean we shut them down completely, yeah? We just learn how to, how to do it well and do it right. And, um, and so I hope you're all smiling under those masks, all right? <laughs> uh, hmm. You know, Jesus, Jesus is not, God is not a wishing well that we just throw, throw our, our prayers into the wishing well and hope something happens. I, I, I really want to provoke those online and here this morning that, that God is actually interested in, in us co-laboring with him and how to demonstrate and illustrate and outwork the power of God. I mean, that's what he said in Acts 1. He says, wait in Jerusalem, uh, you know, stay there so that you can receive power from on high. You know, when uh, Paul, uh, Peter says, Jesus says, who do people say that I am in Matthew 16? Jesus in, and Peter answers, you're the Christ. That word, the Christ or the Messiah, it means the anointed one with power. Why? Because I'm all for, I'm all for good works. I'm all for, uh, you know, giving to charity, I'm all for uh, feeding the homeless, I'm all for giving to the widows, I'm all for, uh, you know, doing the things that are humanly possible and, and that we can do. But if that is the high benchmark of Christianity, what is humanly possible, then I want to propose I'm reading a different Bible. <laughs> because what it, when a king came into town and when he brought his caravan in, when, when a king would arrive, you know, who's seen Aladdin? I love everyone. It's like one of my favorite Disney films of all time. You know, when Aladdin comes, you know, Prince Ali, da, 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 you know, he's got his, the fine elephants and he's got his best dancers and he's got the genie and he's got all these amazing things. That's what would happen back in those days when a king would come to town. They would bring their best women, their best cooks, their best dancers, their best. They would bring the best of their world to the, the kingdom that they were either going to show off to or demonstrate or take over or whatever. And when Jesus came, he did the same. He demonstrated what his kingdom is like. He demonstrated what this is what my kingdom is like. And he healed the sick, and he raised the dead, and he cleansed the lepers, and he set the captives free, and he preached the gospel. And I just want to stir us up this morning that 
I'm convicted of that we do. We I preached a while back, maybe oh, it feels like a year ago now, on we owe this world an encounter with Jesus. And we do. We owe the world an encounter with the power of God. You know, if I was a um, computer or an iPad salesman or whatever, and I, I said, hey, I've got this amazing iPad or I've got this amazing uh, PC for those PC lovers, you know, and I've got this amazing... We'll convert you all. No. <laughs> um, I've got this amazing computer and it can, you know, run at this amount of power and it's incredible and it's, it's, it, it works like this. And I was, I was telling Danny about this computer and I said, oh, here's, the comp- here's a brochure of the computer and now I'll leave the brochure with you. I've, never, I've not actually demonstrated and illustrated how this amazing, powerful computer works. I've just told him something in theory and giving him a brochure and said all the best. And too often, I think in Christianity, we have something, we declare something with our words and something with, or we read scripture and we say, you know, love, love looks like something and it looks like this. And it, yes, it looks like the feeding of the homeless. It looks like taking care of our city. It looks like being a light in all different areas of life. But I want to propose that we actually need to learn how to demonstrate and illustrate the power of God and outwork the power of God in our life because God wants to co-labor with us in doing what Jesus did, which was healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, setting captives free, and actually the power of God flowing through us. If you go to John 7, it's our other verse this morning, John 7, 37. I, uh, I, I thought this was awesome this morning. Uh, Shen and I get an email from an, an, a, a guy and his wife, Ray, and I forget his name, but we get an email every week um, before our Sunday morning service from, from he's a pastor at Bethel, and um, he gives us an email every week just encouraging our church and a prophetic word. And It's a long listed email, and it's awesome. And this morning, uh, he sent, or last night, he sent me the email and uh, he had the exact same scriptures that I was, had planned to preach on this morning. So I was like, all right, this is definitely the word of the Lord. Um, all right, so John seven thirty seven. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Let's just pause right there. If anyone's thirsty right now, just begin to drink of Jesus. <laughs> just begin to drink in the Holy Ghost. Just drink in Jesus. Drink in the new wine. Just, just if you're online and you're watching and you're thirsty, your 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 mouth is parched, and you need just the living water. You know Jesus at the with the woman at the well. You know he says, if you knew who it was, you would have asked me for a drink. If you want a really good visual picture of that, I'd encourage you to watch the very last scene of The Chosen with the woman at the well. And he, he just says, you know, and he gives, what does he do though, the woman at the well? He gives, he gives a word of knowledge. It's not just, hey, I'm a good guy and you should worship me. He's like, you've had five husbands and you're with a sixth who's not your husband. And she's like, oh, you're a prophet. And she starts to realize, hang on, this man knows everything about me. 
is a word of knowledge. What is it? The power of God unlocks something in that woman to where she becomes one of the greatest woman evangelists the world has ever seen. She goes back to Samaria and just leads a whole village to the Lord. It's incredible. But what was it? It was a word of knowledge that unlocked it. It was a word of knowledge with genuine love. And that's what I mean by not prostituting the gifts of the Spirit. We don't want to do the car salesman thing. You know, we've all seen that where it's, oh, hi, I, I want to pray for you. I want to do this. I want to, you know, show off with my gifts. No, we can't, we can't prostitute the gifts, but we can't shut them down either. And we need to learn how to actually go on this journey of, he said, bind what is bound in heaven and loose what is loosed in heaven. And so we have a responsibility, a healthy responsibility to learn how to host the presence of God and let the presence of God actually flow in through our life. You carry, I mean, you carry a dead raising spirit inside of you. The same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives in your mortal body. Romans 8.10 says that the spirit of God who gave life and, and gave you new life is the same spirit that gives life to your mortal body. I mean, that if that doesn't rock you a little bit, just slap yourself, get baptized again, and we'll go again, all right? <laughs> and so here, John 7, 37, anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures or scripture has said, out of his heart, so out of whose heart? Our heart will flow rivers of living water. If I didn't have a microphone on my lapel, I was going to do this, you know, analogy, but, it, and it's like the same analogy of the car salesman pitch where, or the, the computer salesman pitch of where like, hey, I've got this amazing product, here's a brochure. Often we're filled up with the living water of God and we've got the living water of God that's in us as a river, not a bathtub. It's a river, right? It's not a spa. It's not a hot tub. It's not a pool. It's a river, right? But I feel like often we're like, hey, I've got this, I've got this amazing God. He's incredible and he's awesome. And if this is the water that's meant to be flowing through us and we're like, I've got this awesome God that's incredible and he's life-changing. And I'm going to take the river of God with me as I go home. Not actually let it. I was going to tip it over my over my head and let it spill out onto someone but I'm microphoned up so better not do that this is the brand new mic isn't it this is the new mic yeah I won't I won't get it wet don't worry and we, we have to learn how to or we get to learn how to actually outwork the spirit of God in our life and one of the ways that I know and the only or one of the ways that's that's just profound is is you're not going to know if you get an accurate prophetic word in your life unless you give that person the prophetic word and then they start to it gets tested and it gets checked and it gets oh actually I gave this prophetic word to someone or I gave a word of knowledge to someone and it was right if you just go I have the word of knowledge for that person but you never actually let the river of God flow out how are they ever going to know if that's right or not or how are you going to know that you're actually hearing the voice of God correctly yeah? You know, people say, um, you know, I, I often say, you know, everyone that, pray, that doesn't pray for people has a 100% success rate. It's like, it's like we need to be okay with, I prayed for that person. Okay, they didn't get healed. 
but I'm continuing to press into more of God. So the next time I pray for that person, they get Jesus. Because he, every person that, that came to Jesus got healed. I know it's challenging, but I was going to finish with this quote, but it's, it's, I will not sacrifice my knowledge of the goodness of God on the altar of human reasoning so I can have an explanation of seemingly unanswered prayers. I refuse to sacrifice the knowledge of the goodness of God and our experience of God on the altar of human reasoning so I can have an explanation of something that didn't happen. We ha- the standard is Jesus, full stop. Oh man, I've got so many notes here. <laughs> Many people say the gospel isn't all about miracles, and I agree, it's not. It's not all about miracles, but it's the gospel's not whole without it. It's not a full gospel if we don't have the demonstration and the power of God. I mean, that's what got poured out at Pentecost, the power of God. And I, I just want to stir us up. Jesus says, greater works will you do when I go to be with the Father. That's that John 7, 37. It says, this is talking about the spirit who we have not yet to receive because I have not yet ascended to be with the Father. And I'm just going to be really raw and honest. I went on this journey for five, five, is that that not normal? (laughs) Laughing at Weeksy. thought you were laughing at me anyway <laughs> um i went on this journey for for five or six years where or for at least a couple of years we would pray for people in eastland we'd pr- i'd see women on cr- men and women on crutches wheelchairs we'd go up to them we'd pray for them we wouldn't see anything happen pray for hundreds and hundreds of people and i got to the point where i was like this it's in my bible and it provokes me that i want to see what's in here reality in my life and I, I just be honest, it's been challenging in this COVID season where we can't lay hands on the sick, but I'm like, all right, the shadow heals people as well. So I'm just going to claim that, you know, we've got a good sun coming in. There's a shadow right here. And uh, we're just going to believe in faith that the, the spirit of God's going to outwork in our life. In, and when we walk into shopping centers, when we walk into coals, you know, I'm hearing, you know, people just walking into coals and blessing the the women and the, and the men behind the, behind the till and just all these amazing stories that are coming in and through this season of, of the demonstration and the power of God being released in and through places. And, but we, we can't, he said, bind what is bound in heaven, loose what is loosed in heaven. And so what's going on in heaven, if we're an ambassador that comes in with this kingdom, we're representing the king that's come into a world and he, and he prayed, your king, your will be done on where? earth as it is in heaven all right so what's going on in heaven that shouldn't be should be going on on earth and what's not going on in heaven that shouldn't be happening on earth we're the, we're the ambassadors of the world i want to learn how to demonstrate what that world is like I want to learn how to outwork what that world is like i don't want to just go we've got this amazing gospel and here's a brochure 
I, I, want to, I want the power of God to flow through in each and every one of our lives in the way that God does that through our lives. You know, Paul addressed that in one instance where he addressed the gifts of the Spirit. A little bit of history here. They, they, Paul was addressing polytheism. What polytheism is, is he was addressing uh, they believed in multiple gods. So they believed if you have the gift of prophecy, that was from the God of prophecy. If you have the gift of healing, that was from the God of healing. And he doesn't shut it down, but he teaches them correctly and he gets them back on course. And too often we just shut down the gifts of the Spirit or we shut down the power and the manifestation because it looks maybe a little bit weird sometimes. Or... Maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable because someone misused it or someone got it wrong or I prayed for that person and I didn't see them get healed and I've prayed for them hundreds of millions of times and I still haven't seen the breakthrough. Do you know what? That's not the standard. Heaven's still the standard. Jesus is still the top dog. Don't quote me that Jesus is the top dog. All right? <laughs> Cut that out. No. <laughs> I'm live, I know. You just, just, it's opposite day. Jesus is the top God. <laughs> we must learn how to bind what is bound in heaven and loose what is loosed in heaven. We're ambassadors of a kingdom that comes with power. We must let the imitation of Jesus' life take us to a place where the supernatural becomes normal. Yeah, I love this verse. Uh, it wasn't one in us in our in our reading today, but um, Acts. Oh no! Please don't rip my Bible. All right, praise God. <laughs> and when they had this is Acts four seven. It says, and when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power? Or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to crippled man, remember, um, we're going to look at this verse in Acts 3, but you, you know, Peter is there. And I love Peter. Peter walked on water. He denied Jesus. He, le he, he left, uh, he left the, the twelve. And then he comes back at the beach and he repents. And Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He repents and he becomes one of the greatest apostles the world's ever seen. He goes to the, to the Jews and he preaches to the Jews. And he has a few, you know, he just has a few muck-ups along the way, Peter. But here he's the guy that preaches the first sermon at, at once the, the Spirit happens. And he says, you know, in the last days, God will pour out his Spirit on all flesh. You'll see young men see visions, dream dreams. You know, men and women will prophesy. And all, he, he preaches the, out of Joel 2. And then James and John are on their way to the gate, beautiful. There, We're going to come back to this verse in, in Acts 4 in a second. But if you go to Acts, Acts 3 verse 1, because I want you to see this in your Bible for yourself. It says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, he asked to receive alms. 
verse 4, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them. You know, the eyes are the window to the soul. There's something about looking at people. There's something about gazing at a person, looking at them and getting them to look back at you. But then listen to what he says. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive money from them or something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. So he's expecting money. But what I do have, I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the gate beautiful in the temple asking for alms, as they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened. Now go back to verse um, 8 of verse four, chapter 4 of Acts. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, listen to this, and perceived they were uneducated and common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. This is maybe only you know, days or months or weeks after the resurrection of Jesus and the ascending of Jesus. Here they receive power. There's a man be begging for money at the gate, beautiful. And what does Peter say? Listen, mate, we don't have a lot of money. We don't have money to give you. But what we do have, I'm going to give to you freely. Now pick up your mat and walk. And then the, the people of that time are like, these guys must have been hanging out with Jesus because they're doing exactly what Jesus did. Uneducated folk. They're not, they're not, this isn't human wisdom and clever wisdom that can do this. This is the demonstration and the modeling of the power of another world to healing crippled people. Hmm. <laughs> on earth as it is in heaven. We have many groups out in the world today, many activist groups, many causes. But I want to propose that one cause is above all. And that is to represent the authentic nature of Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. Being able to say to people, the kingdom of God is not just more concepts. They are realities which have just invaded earth because an ambassador that is standing before you knows exactly how that world operates.
functions and moves in a demonstration of his power. I feel like myself have been just dry with this and been challenged and bombarded with experiential stuff. And I, I just, I'm getting stirred up again for a demonstration. Uh, there needs to be a demonstration of power. Everyone in this r- room, everyone in this grassy knoll, <laughs> no, um, would say amen to wanting a move of the Spirit of God. And I, I want to propose, I think sometimes instead of waiting for a move of God, let's become the move of God. On our way to the temple where people need the power of God demonstrated that we would on the on the doors of heaven in such a way that we would learn what does it mean to host his presence and be an ambassador to release the power of God everywhere that we go when we when we teach when I 10 years was a youth pastor when I taught this to my youth kids Alec one of got one of them at the back there um, we would send out the youth kids out and uh we would i would say to them i want you just to spend a whole afternoon and all i want you to do is just to take notice i don't want you to pray for any single person but i want you to take notice and all of these kids would come back and they'd say i didn't realize how many people were living in depression i didn't realize how many people were walking around in wheelchairs or crippled i didn't realize how many people just don't look happy i didn't realize that these people were actually sick in body, spirit, and soul, and mind. And it's, it's like the new car, you know, when you get a new car, you're like, oh, I didn't realize there was 100,000 Nissan Pulses on the road, you know? <laughs> when, when I first, when Charlie was born, I was like, I would stop people with their prams. I'd be like, what pram is that? Like, tell me, what, is it a good one? Do you like it? How well, well does it fold down, you know? And I was like, oh my goodness, there's so many different types of prams out there. I tell you what, it's a it's the business to be in. You can buy a small car for some of the prams that you can. <laughs> but um, what's my point? The point is, there's a need out there, and if we're not aware of the need first, but then we have the solution living on the inside of us. And I I just want to stir us up this morning. This is this is something that's pretty common here. But I want more. I want the more of God. I want the more of His Spirit flowing in and through our lives. That I'm not, I'm not satisfied with just, oh, we ticked the good Christian boxes. And we had good church services. And there was no outpouring of His Spirit. There was no river flowing through our lives. I'm not saying we're not saved. I'm not saying we don't love God. I'm not saying any of that. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But I want us to cry out for the more of God. I want us to, to hunger and thirst for the righteousness for that we will be satisfied. That we would learn. I, I believe, um, I, I really believe that God is raising up sons and daughters whom he can actually entrust his kingdom to. You know, the, the proverb where it says, uh, it's the glory of God to conceal the matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. We have a responsibility to guard and protect the presence of God and, and jealously 
go after the presence of God, not so we can show off and, and, and say, well, we have the presence of power of God moving through our lives, but that's what he paid a price for. And over the course of history, people have died for this. People have been, you know, activists of preaching the kingdom of God above all else. Jesus said, what did he say in his final sort of message in Matthew 28? He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Well, Teach them everything that I taught you. Well, what did he teach his disciples to do? He taught them to heal the sick. Matthew 10 verse 8. He taught them to cast out demons. He said, when you go into a house, release your peace onto that house. That's, is that weird to anyone else or just me? Like that's a weird verse. When you go into a house, release your peace. Whose peace? Your peace. Why? Oh, but Liam, it's not me, it's God. Yeah, I know, but it's the Holy Spirit Spirit, Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit flowing through you, and you are dead to your old nature and you're alive to God, so it's your spirit. It's the Spirit of God in you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Him. He's a person. He's he's listen, I'm not against programs and I'm not against formulas and I'm not against those things. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but I, I just I, I'm provoked that we would actually learn what it means to host and carry the, the presence of God in and through our lives in every in a church service, out in the world, in our glory homes, when we're worshiping uh, Ange and Simon, you guys beautifully this morning just ushered in the presence of God. God's here. Oh, Liam, but he never leaves us nor forsake. Yeah, I know that. I, I know that's theology. I know the theology of that. But I don't want to just be like, oh, well, I have this theology with no demonstration of the power of God. I'm not interested in that. I gave up a soccer career for this. I'm going all out. <laughs> My stepdad probably watching and be like, ah, oh, nah, you did. <laughs> I believe I've had this word brewing and I will finish with this because what are we? Oh, we're 20 past. No, we're good. We're on time. But I've had this, this word brewing of, I believe the Lord is raising up pioneers that go on a journey, but they take the family with them. That no longer are we pioneering by ourselves that we're actually Moseses and Jesus who take million people through the wilderness and into the promised land of the land that's flowing with milk and honey. And that we're not pioneering out here and we're not just lone rangers out in the world doing it and we look behind us and no one's coming on the journey. And I, I believe prophetically, Glory City, Melbourne, is one of those churches that and that God's just saying to us, and I'm speaking to just our church. If you're watching online, this is you can take it for yourself, but this is a a family word that God is God is taking us on a journey of what it looks like to pioneer a move of the Spirit with God and co-labor with God, because God wants to do it with us. He, yeah, there's I love the time when God just sovereignly shows up, and you're just like, well, that was awesome. We weren't even thinking about anything and God just showed up and here I am. But, you know, in the, in the wilderness, he provided, what did he provide? Manna? 
and water out of a rock, got into the promised land and the manna and the water stopped. Because he wants to do the manna and the water through our lives now. Not for us. He wants to do it through us. Yeah, are you alive? Are you awake? Yes? All right, cool. So I'm just stirring you up this morning because love, love does. It looks like it's not one or the other. It's not, it's not um, you know, it's, we don't forsake. And, I, and if I can, if I can uh, encourage us as a community, uh, it's not, well, oh, we're, we're a church that go after the power of God so we don't give to the widows and take care of the poor. No. You know, Paul made it really clear, you know, look after the poor, look after the broken, look after the widows, take care of them, be a listening ear, be a shoulder to cry on, be all of those things. We need to, to the high point, the, we need to do what is humanly possible. <laughs> That's got to be the, the stock standard. But then I'm provoking us to say, hey, if that's the high point of Christianity, I think I'm reading a different Bible. Because the disciples demonstrated the gospel. What I have, I give to you freely. Now pick up your mat and walk. And the whole society said, well, that's not possible without the Spirit of God. And I love that he can just take people like you and I, ordinary children of God. Well, we're not ordinary. We're pretty awesome. You're all pretty awesome. And I just want us to stand if you if you're here and if you're in the room you want us to stand. You, you, if you want to stand, sorry. You know, Jesus taught us to pray. Uh Alira asked me the other day, or oh, was it uh yeah, it was Alira. And she said, Dad, how do we pray? Sounds like a few disciples we know, hey. And so I took her through the, the Matthew 6 prayer. And, um, man, she comes out with some ripper statements, Alira. Okay, I'll tell you this one. She says, when we're in heaven, will we have clothes? <laughs> I don't know. But the disciples said, how do we pray, Jesus? And Jesus says, our Father. What's the invitation? It's family. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Throughout the Bible and throughout history, when we look at Scripture and we look at the life of Jesus... And I'm not going to get it too much into eschatology this morning, but if he creates something, he's the reconciling God. He likes to take things that are broken and make them brand new. It says the earth is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. I love the fellowship of the brethren. I love this. I, this is like, oh, I'm just, I'm all warm and gooey inside. I love, I love this place. I love church. And this is a Holy Spirit terrorist training center. That's what it should be, where we equip each other, we sharpen each other, we send each other out 
But if the power of God never leaves this spot, this place, these four walls or this outside as we are today, then I think we've missed something. And throughout history and throughout the Bible, Jesus loves to take what's there in, uh, in heaven and bring it to earth. He was the ambassador of that world. He was the best ambassador of that world. And that's what he taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. So I want, us to be, I want us to go on this journey of being so heavenly minded that we're flipping earthly incredible. We are just so heavenly minded that the supernatural becomes normal. That you walk, I remember walking into Kilsyth Coles and this woman picking groceries turns to me and she says, Liam, what are you doing here? Shen and I were newly married and I was like, ah, you're a witch. Awesome. I said, I'm fantastic. Thanks so much. Can I just tell you, Jesus loves you. She fled that orange section quicker than, you know, she just left. And I was like, whoa, wait, come back. Like, I want to talk to you. But it's like, what the the gift that she had on her life was, was, it, it was a gift from the wrong spirit. It was a word of knowledge in the wrong world, <laughs> right? But she's loved by God, and she just doesn't know it, right? But what's my point? My point is I, was ac- I wasn't even thinking about God. I was probably thinking about my newly beloved wife, and, and here I am just walking to get milk or something. can't remember. It was like 10 years ago. And, and this woman, what's the point? The Spirit of God is alive in us and it wants to come out. And, it, and God doesn't want to just do things for us. He wants to do things with us and through us and in our life. And so I just, I just want us to lift our voices this morning just, just for a couple of minutes. And just to, just to hunger, just to say, God, I want more. I want more of you so that on earth as it is in heaven can become more a reality in my life. Forgive me for maybe being stale in that area. Sam and we were talking about it the other night of like, and Sam was just telling this amazing testimony of going to this town and seeing just 100% of people healed in that town or nearly 100% in that town of just this really cool story of obedience to God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just lift your voices if you're here with us this morning. Thank you, Lord. God, we want more of you. We want more of your presence this morning, God. We want to learn what it means, God, to be a river flowing like living water. Thank you, God. Yeah, God, I just pray for a fresh, a fresh baptism of power for people this morning. 
that the dunamis power of God right now, people watching at home, God, people that are sick in their body right now, we just release the power of God. As Jesus said, he sent the word, God. We would send the word right now in Jesus' name. Paul said in, in Corinthians, I come not in cleverness of speech, but in demonstration of the power of the gospel. Thank you, Lord.